I would definitely say when it comes to boundaries and guilt to remember who you are, remember whose you are, remember what your purpose is. um, And remember that you're the parent and that your child is your child for a reason. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, what's going to be best for your child. So I have this like in my notes section, I have like this one page that just has like positive affirmations and scriptures and just things that uplift me. And, you know, a couple of them say, you know, you were born to be Major's mom. Like God created you to be his mom and there's no one else like you. You are beautiful. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are brave. That is what I have to hold on to when I am making and setting boundaries with other people. the New Mamas Podcast. This podcast was created to help first-time moms everywhere navigate this new state of life and to talk about the honest and the raw moments in motherhood. I'm your host, Lena Forrestal. I'm a working mom by day and a blogger and photographer by mid-afternoon. And as a first-time mom myself, I'm on this journey with you. So, New Mamas, let's do it. Let's kick off the episode and get to the good stuff. In this episode, we're going to be talking about boundary setting. This topic is something I've been dying to talk to someone about because honestly, I suck at it. I tend to let people, friends, family, whoever, walk all over me because I tend to be a total people pleaser and I hate disappointing people. I hate disappointing people to such an extent that I'm willing to make myself uncomfortable rather than say anything and make someone else uncomfortable or disappoint them. And it's definitely something that I need to work on, especially as a new mom, because I've had some pretty sticky situations happen to me that could have been avoided if I was just proactive and learned how to set boundaries in a healthy way. To help me with this topic is Jamila Medley, who is an occupational therapist, a pelvic floor therapist, singer, dancer, and blogger. I'm putting that in there because she has an amazing Instagram, and that's where we met. But Jamila, I'll let you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit more. Yes. So I, um, I'm i an occupational therapist focusing more in pelvic floor therapy. Um, and then I'm also a professional dancer, singer-songwriter. Um, I'm a fitness coach. So I mostly work with the pre- and postnatal population, which I am extremely, extremely passionate about and all things motherhood. My brand is Motherhood Music and Movement, and it just kind of encompasses all things that I love. I want to kick off this conversation with you by reviewing what examples of poor boundaries from friends and family might look like, just so we all level set on what that looks like. So that could look like having unexpected and frequent visits, unsolicited input about your partner, unsolicited advice about how you're raising your children, them buying stuff for you that you don't want or that you're not asking for, frequent comments about your diet or your body, and interfering with your personal life 
And I just want to tell a little story. So when I was in my newborn phase with Archie, I had an incredibly hard time with my in-laws who were over almost every day. And they meant well. This is the thing. I look back and I do feel guilty about this because they had great intentions. They wanted to help out. But I was really struggling because I just needed that alone time to bond with my baby. I was having such a hard time with all my hormones and you know how it is, right? And I ended up bottling my frustration so much that I snapped one day at my mother-in-law and it resulted in a really big and ugly fight. And I felt really bad about it, but it all stemmed from me not being able to set those boundaries from the beginning. What's your advice to some new moms in setting boundaries? I would definitely say if if you're a seasoned mom, if you are expecting... um, I would prepare your boundaries before your baby even comes. Um, start thinking about what are some of your triggers? What are some things that you know like really irritate you or some things that even in people, like it could be your family, it could be your own mom, it could be your your own siblings. Um, but the, the little things that maybe bother you that they do, are only going to bother you more in your postpartum phase and as a new parent. Um, And so, you know, thinking about and addressing those things as they start coming when you're pregnant and um, when, you know, you have your shower and people are doing things that you're kind of like, I appreciate it, but (laughs) I'm not so sure that that's what I really want. That's the time for you to start thinking about, what boundaries are going to be like when your new baby comes into the picture. And it's a really hard thing to do. (laughs) This is a really, really hard topic. You know, like you, I feel like I struggled and I knew that it was something that I needed to do. Literally the day after he was born, I said, okay, I already know that we need to set some boundaries. Me being a very like nice and, you know, the same people think that when I do step in more and when I'm a little more blunt, people think that I'm, you know, I'm upset or I'm mad at them. And that was something I just had to get over. (laughs) Yes. Wait. So you bring up a good point. Like when if you're like a naturally like peppy, happy, cheery, like me, like I'm pretty like bubblegum. Like I bounce. If I'm a little bit more assertive, it suddenly comes off like, oh, Lena's really mad. But versus someone else who's just that's their normal state, it doesn't come off as jarring. So I totally can relate. You mentioned triggers. And I thought that was such a good word because that's a good place to start. For me, I know one of my triggers is I hate surprises. Like I have, I struggle with anxiety. So I really don't like to be shocked or surprised. I really like to know what's coming. So unexpected Mm -hmm. visits for me is really, like that's definitely a trigger. What are some of your, like, is there anything in particular that triggers you? Yes. So I have a, I have a couple of triggers. My husband would say that I have a lot of triggers, but I have a lot of triggers when it comes to him. (laughs) My husband would say the same about me. So, (laughs) but I would definitely say some of my triggers, I like to be considerate to other people. um, And I think that I'm overly considerate to other people. And so I don't necessarily expect for everyone to be as considerate as I feel like I'm trying to be for them, but I do expect some consideration and I'm a really big on communication. And so 
when I feel like there's a huge lack in communication, oh, the plans are changing, but we just, you know, did X, Y, and Z to, to get to so-and-so's house or to go to so-and-so's event to help them set up or whatever. And, oh, but it's, I'm sorry. We actually just decided that we're not going to do it after, you know, I rearranged my whole life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll do whatever it was. Um, And so that's a huge trigger for me. Consideration, communication, and empathy. Empathy is mm-hmm. <laughs> like a huge one. And then I I definitely would say that my older, my younger self, pre-parenthood, a trigger of mine was change and unexpected situations. Whereas now, you know, as a parent, every day is unexpected. Every <laughs> hour of my life is unexpected. So I can plan all I want, but it's just not going to turn out that way. Those were some of the things toward the end of my pregnancy that I started um, just noticing mm-hmm. in other people, but more so right after my son was born. Oh, yes, yes. Everything is so amplified after you have your baby. Was there a time that you had to establish boundaries as a new mom? Oh, yes. Before we even, before my son was even born, uh, when we first told our families that we were expecting, I remember we were home for Christmas and my husband was having a conversation with both of our dads on different days. And they both asked the same question about education. Oh, what's your plan for childcare education? And we already, you know, my (laughs) already. And it's so crazy because both of our fathers asked the same thing. You know, I guess that's just like a dad thing. But you know, my husband said, our plan is to homeschool from the from the beginning. We've always just wanted to homeschool. And he said, I remember when he told me and he was like, you know, both of our dads literally said the same thing. You both weren't homeschooled kids and you turned out just fine. Why do you need to do that? And X, Y, and Z and giving their advice and opinions about our decision to want to homeschool, our desire. And that was the first boundary Mm. that we had to set. And it started with number one, us being on the same page and making sure that our communication was effective and efficient, that we knew that what we wanted and that no one was going to sway that. And then, you know, once my son was born, we're in COVID. So, you know, we're all the way in Texas, all of our families in New Jersey. But, you know, there were a lot of family and friends that were like, just wanted to hop on the plane and like, sorry, but we're in the middle of a pandemic and we have a newborn and you're not going to fly here. <laughs> I would say so. That, yeah, I would say the pandemic forced people who are uncomfortable to set boundaries to set to be able to say sorry, but no, we just can't have you visit at this. We we also had to have the same conversation with some folks as well. Uh, that hey, sorry, we would love to see you, but we're just being really careful right now, and we'd love to see you at a later time. I know. I remember like literally I couldn't sleep because my husband had to tell his parents, the only way you're coming here is if you drive 24 hours. Sorry. And, you know, I knew that his, and I still was like, I still was not 100% comfortable with doing that. Mm -hmm. I I had to say to myself, okay, you're going to sacrifice. You have to sacrifice something, but you also have to set a boundary. And so the boundary for me was, okay, this is, you can, you can come under these circumstances. When you get here, you have to do X, Y, and Z. And if you do not do one of these steps, then abort mission. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, exactly. Being a mom, 
you really do learn to be a bit more assertive even even when even if you're not the type of person to be assertive like that and set boundaries like I mentioned like I'm a people pleaser I know that about myself I don't like to disappoint people but I've definitely gotten a bit more confident especially after the unfortunate blowout with my mother-in-law I've definitely gotten more comfortable in setting boundaries beforehand but I think because almost as a as a new, as a mom you feel like you have no choice I have a recent example um we hired a nanny and we knew her beforehand so she wasn't a total stranger and when the covid spiked again so it was like it, it mm-hmm. dipped and then it started to spike around the holidays i asked her to wear a mask a few times and you know everybody has their own personal opinions about the mask and the virus and how it's how contagious it really is how much it really spreads one of her personal beliefs was that the mask didn't do much to thwart the virus, to, to thwart, who am I? What kind of word is that? Um, I didn't want her to feel uncomfortable. So I said that she didn't need to wear a mask. And it was kind of under the notion that there would, you know, she would be careful in her personal life while she was watching Archie. And unfortunately, she had gone to a party during the holidays and two people there tested positive for COVID. And she didn't she didn't mean to expose our family to the virus. But that's exactly why this spreads. I remember feeling so angry, not at her, but just at the situation because I had been so it didn't matter how careful I was in my personal life. Like the I, I was kicking myself because even though I was felt slightly uncomfortable with the no, the no mask wearing, I was able to let it go because I was trying to justify it to myself. I was having guilt about setting boundaries. So I was justifying it to mm-hmm. myself saying, well, you know, kids can't really get the virus, which is very not true. That is untrue, but that's what I believed at the time. And, you know, it's okay, and she's careful, and we live in a small town. You know, I made all the excuses in the book. We were lucky that we did not get COVID, right? Are we in asymptomatic? Right, there's there's so many, you just, yeah. there's so many, we just don't know So why. many other moving pieces and people involved that it's just like... Yeah. Yeah. So I I asked her to go home and it just seemed like we really differed about we were on different pages. Like you mentioned before, like being on the same page, we were on different pages about the virus. We had very different thoughts, thoughts and belief systems. So unfortunately, it just didn't work out. And I should have listened to my gut because as a new mom, like we do have that gut feeling, right? I'm really thankful. Thank you, God, for like that we didn't get the virus because but if we did I would have taken a hundred percent responsibility for that because I didn't ask this person to wear a mask because I didn't want them to be uncomfortable messed up and that's (laughs) a lot about like boundaries is that we neglect our own feelings and opinions to please someone else and like when I took that into consideration I remember there was like one day major was maybe like three weeks old and I just took the whole day and was just like reading about boundaries and like I read something and and someone had said it that way and I was like wow wow, I am literally letting someone else 
have their way because I'm worried about letting disappointing them. Yes. Yeah. You know, I feel like you could go deep into the psychology of why we are the way we are, but that's it doesn't matter. It's just the fact that that's how I am. And why don't we learn this in school? Why am I learning like social studies and Abraham Lincoln's left sock color and not learning? And this is the exact reason why we always wanted to homeschool. Thank you. You're going to teach your kid how to fill out a checkbook, how to take out a loan, how to apply for a mortgage. taxes. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. How to set boundaries, how to communicate with people, soft skills. We don't learn any of that. You get to the real world. I put that in quotation marks. And it's like people are not self-aware, which is why we're having this conversation. I feel like there would almost be no need to have this boundary conversation if people were a bit more self-aware. Good good thoughts on homeschooling. I, I was homeschooled for three years in middle school. It okay. was a great experience. It taught me a mm-hmm. lot of discipline and independent study. Like I, I, I really do think those short three years of being homeschooled set me up for the rest of my life in a really great mm-hmm. way. So I commend you, girl. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> What are some helpful phrases to help a new mom start the conversation with someone when setting boundaries? Ooh, so something I have been practicing the last eight months is replacing sorry with thank you. I'm one of those people that says sorry for everything. So if I say, no, that's not really something that we need. So sorry. You know, I really appreciate you getting it for us. I'm really, really sorry. I'll say sorry 10 times, but that doesn't establish a boundary. Instead, that shows that person, oh, she really appreciated it. So maybe I should still continue doing this. Even though she said sorry 5,000 times, she really appreciated it. And so she, you know, but that's not what I was really trying to say. So rather now I would probably say, thank you so much for the effort. This is actually something that we don't need right now. But next time I would really appreciate it if you would maybe just check in with us first and we could figure something out. Or if we are running behind on something and someone has something to say about it, thank you so much for your patience. This was going on today. What about you? What are some things that, you know, you go through or, and kind of like changing the scenario and switching the language around? um, Because I feel like it's less about like, you need to stop doing this and more about like, what are like, how are we doing? And then it becomes like a a less like pointing the finger and more of a unit situation where we are working through it together. I would also say some other helpful phrases that I've used. I try to keep it short Mm. because I feel like when we go around and around in circles and we're saying like a bunch of different stuff, then it doesn't come across as clear as it needs to be. And I feel like when setting boundaries, we have to be as clear as possible or else there's room for misinterpretation. And then we have to reset the boundary. And then that's like, when we have to reset the boundary, we actually end up not resetting the boundary at all because we're back at square one and we already feel guilty about setting the boundary the first time that they didn't understand. <laughs> yes. So relatable. And something that I learned a while ago, and actually I use this more in 
like business email than I do in my real life. And I really should apply it in my real life. But asking someone to help you with something instead. So Mm -hmm. like, for example, can you help me with, you know, next time you're at the store, instead of this, keep your eye out for size three diapers because we always need them. Like that's something that like that was just a real example. But people do like to help. People want to be helpful. And But sometimes people helping can break a boundary. So that's a... Absolutely. Yeah. So having someone try and help, asking them to help you with something can, yeah, like you said, like kind of change the direction of the conversation. And I mean, this is, this is hard now because it's hard to set boundaries in person. But how do you think it's best to set boundaries over the phone, in person, through text? I would say set the boundary as soon as it occurs. Don't wait for an incident to happen and then, oh, well, I'll just wait to tell them the next time I see them. I would address it then and there. Um, Like if someone sends you something that you, you know, over and over that you don't really need, I would maybe call them that right after you receive it. Thank you so much. I like really appreciate you sending this, you know, and like you said, Next time, um, we would really appreciate some diapers or wipes instead. That would be super duper helpful for us. But I think addressing it, it can be over the phone. It can be FaceTime. It can be text. The more personal that you make it, I think the more comfortable that person's going to feel. Um, but, you know, of course, you know, since we can't be in person, and even if we could be, I would totally just say, if it happens, like if they, if someone's on the phone with you and they say something or you know, text you something, I would address it right then and there because that mom guilt is going to continue to creep up on you every day that you wait. Yes. And speaking about guilt, how can someone practice not having guilt around establishing boundaries? I would, um, I would definitely recommend, well, there's a few things that I think about this. Um, so the first thing I would say is make sure, especially as a mom, that you are having time every single day to check in with yourself. I would say that just because when you don't have that time and you're not checking in with yourself, all these things start flooding into our minds. So we start thinking about all this stuff. We start having postpartum rage, depression, whatever it is. And then now we have a situation on top of that that's causing us more guilt alongside of our whatever it is, if it's depression, anxiety, we want to make sure that we have all that out of the way um, and that we're in tune to that before we can actually address guilt. I would definitely say when it comes to boundaries and guilt to remember who you are, remember whose you are, remember what your purpose is, um, and remember that you're the parent and that your child is your child for a reason. Um, Mm -hmm. You know what's going to be best for your child. Still, I have this like in my notes section, I have like this one page that just has like positive affirmations and scriptures and just things that uplift me. And, you know, a couple of them say, you know, you were born to be Major's mom. Like God created you to be his mom and there's no one else like you. You are beautiful. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are brave. That is what I have to hold on to when I am making and setting boundaries with other people. Because if I rely solely on how that person's going to feel, then I'm going to deplete myself and pour 
out of my cup, what I need to be pouring into my family, I definitely recommend like if you don't have a list somewhere or like a wall in your closet or your room or something with affirmations, with scripture, with positivity about yourself, then I highly, highly encourage you to because it makes a difference just to see that about yourself every day. I love that. I couldn't love that more. And I I am definitely going to do in my desk. I have like a big wall. I'm definitely going to write words of affirmation because I I do believe in them. I just don't practice it as much as I should. But I did hear a good quote that the words you speak become the house you live in. And I try to be mindful about that, especially when, you know, navigating post navigating my postpartum body. Right. I know that's a huge, huge, huge thing. Um, being careful of the words I use to myself, right? Because oh, they can be so damaging, and you don't even Absolutely. you don't even know. And it filters into the whole rest of your life, right? Like maybe those damaging words that I'm saying about myself, even if they're just in my mind, it reflects on how I let others treat me. It's, it's it really does become self sabotaging, and it wow comes full circle. That's why I'm so bad at setting boundaries. <laughs> Um, I mean, like joking, but not joking, right? Like, because if I, if you, the more confident, maybe the more secure and strong you feel about yourself, truly, maybe Mm -hmm. the better you'll be at setting boundaries and being more assertive with people. Because it does, it stems from a a place of wanting to be liked, right? Like, of, like, I want you to like me so bad that I'm willing to make myself uncomfortable so that you will just like me. That that's crazy, mm-hmm. huh? Like, yeah, absolutely. Words of affirmation. I'm you are go- beautiful. You are courageous. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah, and and you, you are strong and, and you're capable and deserving. You are deserving of that peace, right? Of protecting, being able to protect your peace. I mm-hmm. love it. I feel like this is a natural segue into talking about your songwriting because I I was browsing your links before I was look actually looking for your about page because I was going to write like a little intro for you and then I got lost in your song like I said listen to my song and I was like oh I'm intrigued <laughs> so I like went through a black hole of listening to your music it was so good tell me more about Thank that. You. Oh, it's been a long journey. I, um, I, I've been singing and dancing for as long as I can remember since I was like five, six years old. Um, and it took me until, um, I met my husband actually to start pursuing my music career. And that was out of insecurity. That was because I never thought that I was enough. I never thought that anyone would want to hear my music. I never thought that I was good at it. I mean, I knew that I could sing and I knew that I brought value to the productions that I was in and and the songs that I was on for other people. But I never thought that I would be good at releasing my own music. And it was when I met my husband, it's actually a a few weeks, three weeks before I met my husband for the first time ever. Um, It was just, it was a new year. And God said, Hey, I need you to step out and just try this. Just try this. Just start writing music continuously every single week, make it a habit. And I promise you something is coming. And when I did, I actually started praying for my husband, my future husband, um, at the literally the same time. Um, and three weeks later I met him. Um, and he is my biggest supporter. He is my biggest fan. And 
if it wasn't for him, I probably still wouldn't have released my music because even though God told me, Hey, you need to do this right now. Um, I delayed it and I pushed it off for three more years. And my husband literally like gave me that nudge and said, he found a producer for us in Dallas and, you know, we got the ball rolling and it's been the best, the best feeling, um, writing and, and releasing my own original music. And it's not always perfect. And that's one of the things about my music that I want people to know, you know, I write from scripture and I write from what God places on my heart. And yeah, I go in and I record like a bunch of different times, but sometimes I'm like, you know what, that recording right there, I know that I didn't go, you know, I, I didn't sound my best, but I felt my best and I felt so into the song. And that's what I want people to hear. I don't want people to hear, oh, her voice is perfect. Everything about it is great. I want people to hear the emotion and the message and the the meaning behind it. So I just, oh, I love writing music um, and singing and performing and just sharing with with other people. Well, you can definitely hear your emotion. Like it's it's really good, Jamil. Like it's Thank you. fantastic. And for everyone <laughs> listening, I'm going to put one of her songs uh, at the end of our interview, so you can listen to it. And then I'll make sure I link everything in the show notes. So wait, so did you write most of your songs? I saw your album cover. You were pregnant. So were most of your songs written when you were pregnant? No. So my actually most of my songs were written in 2016, between 2016 and 2020. Mm. Um, and I chose to release the songs that I originally wrote before I was pregnant because I had been sitting on them for so long. And I said, you know what? These are the songs I have to release first. The ones that I wrote all those years ago when I knew that it was my calling and to do. But I did two of the songs I did write when I was like two or three weeks pregnant and I didn't even know it yet. Um, I actually have some like footage in the studio and like I look back on it and I'm like, oh my gosh, I was pregnant. I didn't even know. So cute. At least you were yes. doing something wholesome when you didn't know you were pregnant. I yeah. <laughs> I was drinking beer, eating soft cheese. Like, I was doing all the wrong things. And I don't usually drink that much. Or I was in Germany, and I was like, ooh, I should drink beer every night. And... I even had I even had a morning where I threw up and I was like, that's really weird. I never like throw up. Like I only had one beer last night. Like that's strange. It's just that's funny. So silly. Anyway, everything's fine. Um, luckily. But what's what's the future of your so when is the next album coming or your next single? Are you going to be writing about motherhood? So that's actually, that's a great question. Um, so I, I just released another single um, early in January, 2021, and I am working on other music. I'll probably be releasing like little singles here and there. Um, I'm, I am working on another full album. Hopefully we'll be in early 2022. Oh, it's so weird to say 2022. So but- weird to say that. Yeah. <laughs> But I'll probably be releasing more albums. And I've noticed the shift in the way that I write my music now. It is more so about motherhood. I wrote a song the other day that I'll be recording this weekend. And it is, it's all about motherhood. It's about the way that I feel as a mother. And I feel like all of my songs are turning into that. 
and it's nice. It's like this newfound creativity. Yes, I love that. I can really. I, I thought so about that about you. Um, I just feel like I can see a light. Like you, you are glowing, but not in like a cheesy way. Like you're. I literally, when I see your pictures, and I feel that like that's why I, like I connected with you. Was I literally feel like I see sunshine, like sunbeams coming out of you when I look at your pictures, and just the way. Yeah, I don't know. You just have this like great presence. Um, aura, I guess, whatever. But I feel like as crazy as it is and as th- spread thin as I feel like I am, I feel like I, I have never been doing more because motherhood has <laughs> awoken this piece of my soul that I didn't know was there. It was like untapped. Like it felt like it was a just an untapped gold mine that opened up when I got pregnant. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like moms, we just have this, you feel like before you become a mom, you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. I can't do and I can't add anything else to my load. But like you become a mom and you're like, what else can I add to my load? <laughs> you're like, give it to me. Give, I got it. Let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> no, it's so true. I was actually telling um, another couple women the other day that um, they're a little younger and not at this life stage yet. And I was saying, I was like, guys, like girls, like every people try to put fear into the hearts of young women about having children. I hate the narrative that your life is over when you have children. I hate that narrative. You can't do anything. You can't travel. That is such BS. Mm-hmm. I feel like your life, not that your life begins, a new, a new life begins. Yes. I was just, one of my friends, um, she has um, a blog and I was just uh, writing for her, the writing caption for her, um, this post she featured me on the other day. And it said like, what are, what are one of the like societal stigmas behind motherhood? Ugh. And I said, you know, I grew up hearing people say like, your life is over when yes. you have a kid. Yes. And that was something I wanted to make sure a priority that that was not me. And that I was still making sure that I was living out my dreams. I was creating a foundation for my family. And I think that that drive and that that's what set us up to be this way. It's it's your mindset and what you really want to do when you get to that stage. Yeah, I, I, I really hope that we can change the narrative around motherhood and inspire that Gen Z or, or the Zoomers or inspire them to that that children and ch- children and family it's a beautiful thing like it's really exciting it really is it's a blessing yeah it's really something to look forward to and and you can you can have it all like here we go like here's a narrative i want everyone to embrace why can't you have it all people say oh you can't have it all you can't have it all. you can like open yeah, up your heart. You absolutely can. Yeah. Ex- see, and J- Jamila is an example of that because <laughs> I think you're amazing and so inspiring. Thank you. And I'll make sure that I play Jamila's music at the end of this podcast episode so you can hear it and be inspired, everybody. I love it. So, Jamila, thank you so much for being my guest today. Where can everybody find you? Yes, it's been a pleasure. I am so thankful to have been on this podcast today. You can find me on Instagram at Jamila Medley or jamilamedley.com. Love it. And I will link all of her links in the show notes. So definitely drop by and visit her. Not actually visit her because <laughs> because hashtag boundaries. <laughs> Vir- virtually visit her. Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> Always call before you come. I know, right? Or just, yes, please ask. Please send me a text.
for joining us this week on the New Mamas Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, be sure to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite listening platform. Have a friend that would like this podcast? Share the love. Stay in touch. Definitely give us a follow on Instagram at New Mamas Podcast. I'd also love to continue the conversation with you on my personal account, so let's be friends. Slide into my DMs at Lena Forrestal. Finally, be sure to check out my blog at lenaforrestal.com for all things motherhood, homesteading, and recipes that both you and baby will love. Thanks again, and stay tuned for next week's episode.